Welcome back to Hit Em Up, episode five. In this episode, we have four segments. Segment one, taking a look into series 40 and 41, PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Xbox One. Segment two, 2K Talk. Segment three, NBA Trades on Trade Deadline. Segment four, just going over a few things with TGA. Segment one. In this segment, we'll be going over series 40 and 41, PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Xbox One. As you know, it's only eight days away. The season tips off February 18th, 6 p.m. East. That's when the Discord is sent out by the owner. For the PS5 side right now, there's 15 teams. For the PS4 side, there's eight teams. Xbox Next Gen 1 and Xbox One, there's no teams. For the Xbox sides, we'd love to get another Xbox Next Gen season going. So if you know anyone or have any teams looking... Tell them to, to message the owner on IGTGL Leagues or Twitter Leagues TGA. But for this season, I'm going to give you guys tips so we don't get into no problems in the Discord. So in TGL Leagues Series 40 and 41, it'll probably be 18-game schedule, need 16 to qualify for the playoffs in a 10-day regular season. So if you're a team that's organized and smart, what you guys should do is play one team a day. That's two games because, as you guys know, every season, every matchup is an automatic doubleheader, two games back-to-back. So you could play one game a day, and in nine days you're done your games. Or you could, play, or if you want to speed it up a notch, play two teams a day for three days, and that's already how many, four, eight, 12 games completed. It's not that hard, guys. Just get it figured out from early. Get your team organized and get your team in there. You always know it's a well-run, competitive season. Let's go. Segment 2, 2K Talk. This is some of my favorite talk personally. So I had two questions this week because you know we keep the podcast short because everyone has short attention spans. So the first question I had to ask was, key pieces to building a good pro-am team. What do you think are the key pieces to building a good pro-am team? So I'm going to give my opinion, and then you guys can give yours in the comments. You could do whatever. So in my opinion, the key pieces to building a good pro-am team. First, you need to find a point guard that you can build around. A point guard that can get buckets and make good reads. That's the first most important thing. The second thing, because that's all, the first thing, we have to go back to the first thing. The point guard, that he's, that's such a hard position to find generally in the 2K community because all the top point guards are already on good teams already. So you have to find a gem. Second, in my opinion, this is all my opinion, guys. You need a good lockdown. You need someone that can contain the point guards. Lockdowns are normally one of the hardest positions to find because when you're doing lockdown tryouts, if... The lockdown gives up 30 points the first game. He's normally cut right after that. So I'd say lockdown's the third hardest position. I mean the second hardest position, sorry. The third hardest position, in my opinion, is the the hash. Because see, with the hash, you have to find the second best scorer on your team. Someone that can get buckets when the point guard's struggling. Someone that can create for himself also. Someone that can knock down green beams that you can depend on. That will also help you bring the ball up when the, when the tough lockdown is locking down the point guard. That's the third position I think is the hardest. The fourth, I would say, is the center. At the center position, 
would say the fourth because you have to. Everyone makes a center, but you have to find a center that can grab the rebounds, read the pick and roll, rotate, block shots, defend the paint, score buckets. So it's a toss up for third, but I put center at fourth because everyone can build a center. Everyone thinks center position is the easiest position, so I'll put center at fourth. And obviously at fifth is the corners. Or you could say power forward or small forward. I'd say it's not easy, but you have to be able to find a, a, a corner person that can lock in. Because they know they might not get the most shots, but when they do get the shots, they have to be able to knock them. Defensively, they have to be able to make rotations. They have to be consistent on the rotations too. Those are the two key things for, for the fifth player for the, the corners. And the second question I had, how do you make your pro-am team better? That's a tough question to ask the community because when your pro-am team normally starts struggling, everybody starts leaving. If you're, if you're a pro-am owner and your team is not the best and your team is trying to compete, you always have to be recruiting. And you can't just recruit anybody because there's a lot of toxic players out there. You have to recruit the right people, the right players that fits into your situation and grow with them. You can't just cut them after one situation and then it's off. You have to give them time to grow with you guys and build chemistry with the team. So that means everyone knows all the reads. That's, those are my two things that I just went over for the little bit of 2K talk. Just a little bit of it, you know what I mean? Every, every podcast is going to have 2K talk because this whole podcast is generalized around 2K and the TGL leagues, 2K leagues that they have. So tune in always. Let's go. Segment three, NBA trade, trade talks heading into trade deadline or on trade deadline. They have a special guest with me from the TGA staff, Quinn Stark. You there with me? Yes, sir. Okay, and this segment will be going over a few of the trades that happened heading into the trade deadline. Or it happened today that happened during trade deadline day. Just our opinion on who won trade, who won, who won heading into the second half of the season and our takes on on some of the trades that happened. We're not gonna go over all of them, but just a few of them that we thought that were important. So one of the first trades I have to ask you about, what do you think about the Ben Simmons for James Harden one? That was the most obvious one on everyone's head top today. Oh, for sure. That that one. Uh, I think it's a win-win for both teams, to be honest. Like, um, the Nets, they have, they obviously are kind of overloaded with, with talent. You know what I'm saying? So now with Ben Simmons there, it gives them an option, to, like an opportunity to really like, just filter through KD and um, Kyrie when he's there, you know? So what yeah. do you think defensively? You think that makes the Nets a better defensive team? Oh, 100%. Come on. You're trading James Harden. I don't play defense for Ben Simmons. All I can do is play defense. So, And I guess KD, gives KD a break. What about offensively? You think, it may, you think their offense is a little bit better because you're giving Kyrie and KD more shots? or This is what it is. Yes and no. Because now you kind of have to still put in the fact that Kyrie's not playing every game. You know what I'm saying? So... If you have Kyrie, if you, like if Kyrie's not there, you're literally just have KD out there by himself offensively. You know what I'm saying? Even if Ben Simmons is there, like who's he gonna feed? Just just KD. You know what I'm saying? So that's another tough thing about the team where it's like they kind of still need another. Well, if Kyrie's playing all every game, it'd be okay. But with Kyrie not playing, I feel like they still need another score. 
Okay, so looking at it from the Sixers' point of view now, you think James Harden gives Joel Embiid that push to bring them to the finals, or? Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Just because of the sole fact that Embiid's playing the best basketball of his career and the fact that Harden's going to go in there like he has something to prove. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that, like, like the Sixers, I feel that they really wanted to trade. You know what I mean? Because if you look at who's around Embiid and Harden, like, kind of work both with their game style. And now Harden, Harden's crazy in the pick and roll, so him and Embiid in the pick and roll is going to be stupid. What about the Sixers' depth? Did that take a hit or no? Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Because they, they gave us some crucial pieces, too. Don't get it twisted. Like, Seth Curry was a big part of the offense, you know what I'm saying? Even if he wasn't hitting, it's just that for sure shooter out there. They don't really have that guy now because Tobias Harris can shoot, but he ain't, you know? And then you have, like, Thibel, he ain't no shooter. Terry's Max, he, he's not really a, like, not down shooter. He's going to not hit five threes a game or three threes a game, you know? So, yeah, it might have hurt their depth a little bit, but – what they're getting what in they're return, getting return? Like, like James Harden will make James up for what they lost. Because that's true, because Ben Simmons wasn't playing anyway, so now you're getting a player that can actually help him beat right now. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? And you can tell, like, that's the thing where you don't want him beat to break down because that's the problem. He's always doing too much. But now when you have a man like Harden who comes and rebounds, passes, assists, he beat gets, like, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't do so much. So overall, who you you think the Sixers won that that trade? Yeah, yeah, Sixers won that trade, especially because we don't know what the fuck Ben Simmons is gonna do. Okay, we'll have to see down the road when the season. I just picked up Ben Simmons on fantasy, so I hope he puts in points at least. <laughs> that was what a about, good pickup, though. What about Chris Stabs to the Wizards? Do you think? Do you think? Who do you think won that trade? Um, who um and to, um to Washington was um. They got um, Dinwiddie, right? Yeah, it was the two main players were Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie and Chris Stabs. So, I, uh, you know what? I think that's a fair trade. But I feel like there's, there's, there's great areas on both sides. You know, like Chris Stabs with his health, Spencer Dinwiddie in his role, role over there. Because it's like, I don't really, unless they try to make him into like a pure square, it's like, what is his role play over there? Like, when you play with Luca, Luca just dominates the ball. So... I don't know what they're gonna exactly like how they plan to use Spencer Dinwiddie over there, but he is a talented player and he could do something over there. But um, Chris Stapps, I feel it has a higher upside. You know, it's the first time he's kind of out of Dallas. We're gonna get to really see Chris Stapps now, like you know, and you know, we like, already we already seen like in a sense what happened in Washington with Kuzma, right? So they're gonna give the big guys a chance. Like that's kind of a nice front court, like Kuzma and and Chris Stapps. Like they can both shoot, get rebounds, protect the rim, so. It's kind How of a nice front court. Dinwiddie's gonna fit in with Luca and Jalen Brunson in the backcourt. No, nah, Spencer will be okay. He's a big guard, and he can shoot. He can he can pass. You know what I mean? So he's a skilled player. So I think he'll be all right playing around Luca. I just I don't know like to say if his game's gonna excel. Like, he's gonna now drop better numbers because it's still Luca's team at the end of the day. So in your opinion, you're giving the Wizards the win in that trade. Yeah, I'm giving the Wizards the win in that trade still. Based on the team chemistry and what's going to be like, what I what I think is going to happen moving forward. I'll take I'll take I like I like Mavericks in that trade because Spencer Dinwiddie's just they need they need some more players that can create. Because when they double team Luca, I feel like Luca doesn't have no one that can help him create really. Yeah, that's true. He just has shooters. 
going on to the next trade. It, it, this one didn't happen on the trade deadline day, but my team of the year was Cleveland going in. What do you think about them adding Karis LeVert to the Cavs? That's a big pickup. Even this, even the last game he played, he was hooping. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think that was a great, great pickup. Complete win for the Cavs. They didn't really give up too much. So Rubio, who's injured, was the main player. But Ru- Rubio was playing really well before, right? But then when it got Rondo, so it's like they don't really need him no more. So really and truly, they could they completely won in that trade. They, they treated a freaking non-movable, like or not non-playing player. For a player that's gonna come in and actually make an impact on their team. So what do you think about Karis Levert and Jared Allen reconnecting? Oh, that's dope. What do you mean? Those guys, you know, you know, we had to beat them up. So it is what it is. Toronto all day, Raptors all day. But uh, you know, we had to what what they, they, they're tough, they're tough. They both matured their game. Now they're back together at like kind of both. If you kind of look at it, they're kind of both at the same point in their career, right? I say Jared Allen's a little bit ahead because he's been playing really well, but they're both in that point of their career where it's like they're, kind of, they're they're veterans now. They know a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna lie to you. Cleveland added. They added. That's a good. That's a good quarter building of young players with Darius Garland. If they keep Colin Sexton, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Mobley, Laurie Markkinen, that's a that's a good young court. Yeah, that's a really good young court. They even have that next kid too. Um, Zimgen. Um, Okari or whatever. Okaro. He's yeah. solid, you know what I'm saying? They have that next guy too. I didn't even know where he came from. Something Stevens. He he's he's all right off the bench. Like they have a little squad over there. Stevens. Yeah, they have a little like they have a little, they have a little, you know. He kind of reminds you of James Johnson, but that is they just have pieces. Okay, the last trade that I'd have to say. What do you think about CJ McCollum going to the Pelicans, adding to making a big three if Zion could ever return with Zion, Ingram, and CJ? <laughs> So, well, I think to be honest, I think that's a great. I think that's a great move for all all parties involved. You know, um, Portland kind of lost on it, but we know what Portland's trying to do. They're trying to they're trying to get money free up so they can build a team for Dave next year. So, um, for on Portland side, I understand. I think they won. They they achieved what they wanted. They got rid of Norm Powell. They got rid of CJ, so that freed up a lot of money. But um, on the next side now for the Pelicans, like I feel like that's a. It's a really it's a really pivotal move for the franchise, but they're gonna have to make more moves if they're really serious about it. Because we don't, like you said, we don't know if Zion's ever gonna return. Even with those three there, they're still gonna need like a, a solid big man on, on like that's over there. You know what I'm saying? Like JV's my guy. So actually, no, I'm lying. They have JV. They they're solid still. It's a good looking move, yo. Because Bi's been hooping. They're in the playing game right now. The CJ McCollum turned them into a playoff contender, not not championship playoff no. contender. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could still, even without the return of Zion. You know, twenty points a game over there. Josh Hart was a good player, but CJ's gonna come in with a little, a little bit more um offensive minded. You know, and on top of that, CJ CJ already played with a, like a strong offensive player, so he kind of knows how to share share the spotlight. Brandon Ingram would have to be the guy to learn how to give up the ball a little bit more, but. So we obviously know the Pelicans won the trade. The key question is, does CJ McCollum keep Zion in New Orleans? He could. Definitely he could. He definitely could still. Zion, if Zion can ever come back, that is. But I think that that move there definitely shows, like, as a franchise, it shows the players say, hey, we're serious about trying to do something here. We're, obviously, we're years away, but we can, you know, try something. I'm not going to lie, though. This trade would have looked a lot better if they re-signed Lonzo Ball. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it would have been building a core. Yes, then they would have something really to build around because then you could have JV, Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ, Lonzo. Yeah, it would have been proper that I would have been a proper look run with the look of young boys and stuff on the back on the bench, you know. But so with all the trades after the trade deadline, who do you think are your some of your teams taking away positives after this trade deadline? Well, one one team I think that we didn't really mention, but I think they're gonna win is Sacramento. They won their trade and with Sabonis and um and on um, Jeremy Lamb and um Justin Holly over there, I think it gives them a nice little a nice little refresh, you know. So I think I think they're gonna move away positive from this. I definitely think Philly's gonna become uh, uh more of a contender team now with James Harden there. Um, what other team do I think is gonna be is gonna be um a positive taking a positive away from this? Definitely Cleveland. Cleveland definitely for sure is taking a positive away from this. And yeah, I think to be honest, I think like, those are the biggest teams that, you know, like that made a move that actually is gonna like immediately change the future of their team. Okay. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a spicy trade deadline. I can't lie to you. The James Harden Ben Simmons trade really spiced up the trade deadline because anytime you get superstars traded at the trade deadline, you know that spices it up already. That changes the whole league. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, bro. Just like they just they said, did you see how they offered Westbrook? <laughs> Westbrook, John Wall for Westbrook, and they said nah. <laughs> no. That is crazy. John Wall posted a picture, and I was like, I just want to play ball. Like, he's like, oh, Lee, the man can't even hoop. Yeah, that's crazy. Heading into the second half of the season, we're definitely gonna have to come back with a, a next segment heading into the NBA All Star Weekend for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially all the teams just got named this up, so definitely it'll be, a, it'll be a fun weekend. Yeah. I'm gonna have to give a huge hit of more to one of the TJ admins, Quinstar. Thank you for joining me on this segment. If you have any last words, for me, bro. No problem. So I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut this one off. Tune into the segment four. Let's go. Segment four, things TGA. So first off, we have to go over the TGL League's draft season one, taking place the Combines first, which is March 1st to March 3rd. Games will be 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Sign up now. The league starts March 4th. So get into the draft early. Don't wait till Mar- Don't wait till February 28th or March 1st. 7.30, just sign up now. One of the big things that we've been talking about moving forward is the top 40 teams list. The best 40 teams to ever play in TGL leagues heading into our 40th season. So in this segment, I'm going to be giving you the first 10 teams. All the, the top 40 list is in no order. This is based off the TGA staff and admin working together to get the top 40 teams based on results. So these are the first 10 teams added to the list. One way out, three-time Xbox champions. FTF Hawks, two-time champs on the PS side. WR Water, three-time finalists on the PS side. Loyal to the Soil, one-time champs. 
Sneaky Shooters, two-time champs on the PS side. Both of those teams are PS side. Dying Breed, three-time champs on the PS side. Fearless, two-time champs on the PS side. Watch the Dot, one-time champ on the PS side. Chosen Few, one-time champ on the PS side. And Ambitious Hoopers is one-time champ on the Xbox side. So that's 10 teams out of the 40 teams. So there's 30 teams left. So for the next three episodes, there's going to be 10 teams announced. Tune in to see if your team made the top 40 teams of all time to be to have played in TGL leagues. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hit Em Up! Hosted by me, Tayshawn, a.k.a. PJ, the Discord, the Discord owner. <laughs> Tune in, my niggas. Let's go!